0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So uh, we have been for the last three weeks speaking out of John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. And uh, I'm going to read it for you one more time, just in case you didn't get it the first three times but John chapter 8 verse 12 says again Jesus spoke to them saying I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life so father I pray over your word right now I thank you for your anointing to give uh, insight revelation understanding Lord, to those of us that have been walking with you for some time, thank you for the reminder that even before Jesus was born and the angels had come and the host of angels sang and the star of heaven was brightly shining, that same light is the light that Jesus declared he was and that whoever would follow him would not walk in darkness. And I am thankful today that we no longer have to be bound by darkness By deception, by the lies of the enemy, but we have the light of life, the true light, Jesus the Christ, shining in our lives, giving us direction, understanding, purpose in life. I pray for any in this room today that does not have a personal relationship with you that in a few minutes, that their hearts would be turned and their desire would be to Give you the rest of their life here on earth so that they could experience eternal life forever with you, Father. We believe, Father, that you are the one true living God, the great I am. There's one Lord, one Savior, one Christ. There's one heaven and there's one hell. And Father, we choose today heaven. We choose life. We choose Jesus as our Lord and our Savior in the light of our life. And so today, I thank you for all that you're going to do in lives in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, arise, shine for your, is it on the screen? Say it out loud. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. This morning, I'm gonna to talk to you for just a few moments, and. I found it interesting as I was being drawn by the Holy Spirit to certain scriptures that when I finished yesterday, uh, my notes, my my wife actually said, honey, you have been working on those notes for days. I said, I'm not working on more notes. I'm working on getting rid of three quarters of my notes (laughs) because I was only given a 20 minute window. I'm taking five extra this morning. Is that okay? Thank you. But uh, I found myself, maybe for the first time, thinking about Jesus, the Son of God, coming as a babe, born of a virgin, in a humble manger, but I found myself soaking in the Scriptures in the book of Isaiah. Now, last I looked, that was in the Old Covenant. And it is amazing how much God spoke to the prophet Isaiah about the coming of the light and the significance of the necessity of that light on the earth today. I am not going to dwell on the dark side. (laughs) We know there's a dark side, amen? All you got to do is turn on the news, read the internet. And it is dark, negative, bad, worse. Yesterday I was finishing up my notes and and I the, I had not turned off my iPad off the internet and a and a column popped up said live shooting in Ocala. And immediately All you can think of is darkness. What causes people to be so angry, so mad? My wife slammed her hand on something yesterday when I told her and she said, what is wrong with people? Why do they think that the only way to solve an issue is to hit somebody or pull a gun or run someone over? It's because of darkness it's right where you and I would be if it weren't for the light. Come on, somebody, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how ugly you was. Hopefully it's not how ugly you is. It, It was. You put those things behind you. But you never forget the darkness of your soul before Jesus came into your life. Because when he cleansed you, when he saved you, When he healed you, when he delivered you, darkness disappeared. Why? Because darkness and light cannot coexist. Amen? Where light comes in, darkness has to flee. Over the month of December, I always know when it's either almost daybreak or my wife is already up. Which is mostly always when she's up because all I have to do is just open one eye, just a teeny little bit, and underneath our door, the light from the Christmas tree is on. Doesn't matter, she's up at 4 o'clock, 4.30, Christmas lights are on, she's sitting on the couch, coffee in hand, having her devotions. The light has come. (laughs) So I figure it's time to start getting up, thinking about getting up, or just rolling over, put a pillow over my head and try to find darkness. (laughs) Because where light is, darkness flees. And eventually, light wins. And I figure I might as well get up. Because I'm not going back to sleep. When Jesus comes in, the prophet said, arise. Shine, for your light has come. Not someone else's, but yours. You have the right as a believer. The difference between anyone sitting in this room this morning that hasn't received Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life and those that have is not perfection. It's light. It's light. People walk differently when the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shines in their life. Because no matter what you're going through, no matter if you're something's happened, you're at the hospital, something's happened, you're at the bank, something's happened, you've had to rush down to your business, something's happened with one of your kids, the difference is the way you respond is the difference between light and darkness. Jesus said, I've come that you might have light. Because in Christ, that's all there is. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, the prophet writes, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 700 years before the angel actually came to Mary. Now, preach this three weeks ago. Before he shocked that young virgin, before she realized what was taking place, this mighty angel of the Lord stood before her and said, O oh, favored one, her life radically changed in that moment when the word was spoken to her. Was When the word spoken to her, when she actually conceived, no one knows. But from that moment, everything about her life changed. And the prophet 700 years before is writing what's going to transpire, what's going to take place, even what his name will be. Emmanuel, Son of God, Light of the world, Jesus. There's something about that name, isn't it? Yeah. I know all my Jewish brothers and sisters, and some of y'all that want to be Jewish like to use the name Yeshua, and that is his Hebrew name, but you know, I got saved with Jesus. <laughs> and I believe Jesus is okay with me using that name. And the power. And the significance, now I know a lot of your friends and maybe some of you have used that name before, but not in such a godly way, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Well, one day they will bow their knee and say, Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. But Jesus, the power of that name that changes your life Forever. Because God gave Jesus to the world and He came as a babe, born to a simple carpenter and to a young virgin. He fulfilled all the plans that the Father had given Him before He gave up that place in heaven and was willing to come as a little, tiny, helpless baby that needed the care of his mother. I was thinking over the last couple of days, and I think I heard a song that kind of jarred me to this thought process. Because a couple of weeks ago, when I preached about Jesus and Mary and the significance of what took place in her life, The idea that this woman was anointed to take care of the Son of God. Pretty powerful. Some of you holding your little babies and you can hear if you're, if you got your hearing aids on this morning, you can hear we got babies in the house. That's the sound of life. And Mary. Several times in scriptures, it talks about Mary would look or listen and hear, and she would ponder. She would remember. She would remind herself later of that moment, that word, that wise man, that shepherd that came to honor this gift that God had given to the world. But he gave her the responsibility to cradle that child, to nurse the Son of God, to change his little diaper, to clean him and feed him, teach him how to walk. Moms, could you imagine (laughs) if you knew that little baby you had was the Son of God? Cause I don't think Mary believed that anybody outside of her and then finally Joseph had to have an angel come, you, you know the story, had to come and confirm that what Mary had told him was the truth. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife, this child she carries, conceived by the Holy Spirit. But Mary took on the full responsibility teach and train and raise him up. And he walked out. You see, Christmas is not just about the birth of Jesus. It's about the whole redemptive plan of God. Christmas is about the beginning, but it's not about the ending. Because Jesus walked it faithfully through, prophesied, spoken of. And then he grew out of that manger, and the whole story of redemption is given to us through his obedience. Say obedience. I know that's a big word for Christmas Eve morning, obedience. But it is the key to us walking out the fullness. Not just a once a year celebration, even though this Christmas and the craziness of it all, I've had a fresh stirring of what this is all about. For me, in my own personal quiet time, just remembering reminding myself, reading the Scriptures, reading the prophetic words that were given. Because ultimately Jesus went from the manger to the cross so that you and I could have life and that life more abundantly here and now, but more importantly throughout all eternity. Jesus paid the price so you and I would have the good news of the gospel and then Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says the prophet writes again given a prophetic word from the father he writes for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders can I just free up some of you right now I know we're going into an election year Don't get all messed up, because the government we serve is not the government in Washington, D.C. That government is flawed. But His government will last throughout all eternity. And if we can stay in the fullness of that place in Him, then no matter what else is going on in the world, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Some of you got a look on your face like, I don't know if I'm gonna be all, I don't know if I can survive in the yeah, yeah. Whatever you gotta walk through, there's already been a grace poured out in your life to enable you to walk through it. Not with grumbling and complaining and woe is me, and how could this have happened, but to say, God, what's next? What do you have for us to do? What is our responsibility? Because as God spoke a prophetic word to the prophet Isaiah and to other prophets, so he is still speaking today through the prophets, through the apostles, through the pastors, teachers, his word for our generation. He has not forsaken us. And all over the world, men and women are coming to Christ. Many of them without ever hearing a preached word, but they're having dreams and visions that Jesus alone is giving. And they're waking up and go, what do I do with what I've just seen? What do I do with what I've seen with my eyes in the middle of the night? What I do with this? that's contrary. It might cost me my life. It might cost me my family. It might cost me my finances, my business, my reputation. What do I do with it? It doesn't take much of Jesus saying, I'm here for you and love you. For some people's hard hearts to be broken, crumbled, and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have a responsibility as well. And I wanna close with this this morning. Jesus knew his mission. When I ask you a question, do you know what yours is? Jesus never wondered or doubted what he came to the earth to do. Since your salvation experience, since you were filled with the Holy Spirit, since you were given the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ living in you, do you know what your purpose is? It's not just to exist. It's not just to barely make it. It's not just to go to church on Sunday. I believe the Lord has a mission for each and every one of us that has to do with the original light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came proclaiming, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. And then he turned to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 and he commissioned them. And by commissioning them, he commissioned us. Commissioned you. This morning, Pastor Hector came to me and said, Pastor, uh, you need to get a slide belt. Some of y'all don't know what that is. Everybody that's ever been in the military knows what a slide belt is. So I said, Hector, I have slide belts. I have slide belts for my golf shorts. I have, I have an, a, a, a dressy slide belt. But I said, I, I bet you don't know something. And so I said, pull up your, 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 open your jacket. And I said, see, in the military, your slide belt, that the end of that belt's got to be perfectly aligned with the fly of your pants. How I many of y'all know what I'm talking about, you military people? Man, if you're standing in attention, everything is perfect, but your slide belt is over, oh, you're in big trouble. Get down, give me 20. I started to make Hector break down, give me 20 right there on the floor. <laughs> but he didn't know, but now he knows. The slide belt, if you're going to wear it, it got to be lined up. Whatever God has called you to, He's commissioned you to be able to do it. See Hector? I love Hector. He's so easy to just use as an illustration. And every Sunday he comes in my office and says, Pastor, what do you need? What can I do for you? What can I help you with? He doesn't realize that half the time he's going to end up as an illustration. It's just so good to have a living illustration uh, on my team. I just can use him so well because he doesn't get offended but I will be checking that belt after service. Luke chapter eight, I mean, I'm sorry, Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19. I I'm not gonna take the time to read it, but it's, it's the story of when Jesus went into the synagogue and they asked him to do the reading of the day and share his thoughts. And he opens up the book of, what book? The book of Isaiah. And he begins to read, and and in his reading, they were delighted. Man, he begins to read about what the Son of God will do one day out there. He begins to read, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Woo! Everybody was like, that is some good stuff right there. Until he rolls up the scroll, hands it back to the young attendant, goes and sits down in the chair that has been reserved. For the one he just read about. And the gasp. As he spoke, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? What he was saying is: I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. I am the living Christ I am the one that the prophet Isaiah spoke about and wished he could have been here today to experience I am the one you know the rest of that story man they get so mad they driving out of the synagogue over to the uh, edge of the uh, cliff and they were going to the scripture says they literally were going to push him off but it wasn't his time and so he just walked through the middle of them And they were like stunned, shocked, couldn't move, and he continued on in his ministry. His method was unexpected and unprecedented, and as A.W. Tozer put it this way, he said, salvation was brought, bought not by Jesus' fist, but by his nail pierced hands. Not by his muscle, but by his love. Not by vengeance, but by forgiveness. Not by force, but sacrifice. So I close with this, Jesus knew what his mission was. Today, we're called to know what ours is. What might it look like for us to regularly reflect and remember Christ's mission? so that we can be reminded to embrace our mission as his followers. To answer his call by wholeheartedly sharing the good news that we have with those who don't have it. When we leave this place today walk out of this place. We get ready to celebrate Christmas tomorrow with our families. Many of you have Christmas Eve traditions and you get together and and, and you celebrate and hopefully you take a little bit of time to, to give remembrance, to make sure the children, the grandchildren know what this is all about. It's not just about giving gifts, it's about giving and receiving gifts because God was the first and the best, greatest daddy ever and gave the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. And because he taught us how to give gifts, we get to give gifts and we also get to receive gifts. But Christmas is not about just a present wrapped under a tree. If I've heard one family say it over the last month, I won't even be able to know how many actual families it was. As I hear moms and dads and grandparents especially, we grandparents, what does your kid want for christmas what is your what does my grandchild want well they got so much stuff nobody knows what to get because it's just going to be more stuff and suzanne and i have been frustrated this christmas season with going what can we give this significant that has meaning i don't have the answers Anybody's got it? Just come on afterward, not during the service, of course, but come share. But I don't know one kid sitting in this room this morning that probably has a need. Now, there's a whole bunch outside of here that do. What do we do? What do we give? Some of our folks this last week went out on the streets. I gotta close my 25 minutes up. I'm RA in the red. But one of our young men and, and one of our moms and her son and another single man, couple, about four of them, I think, went out this last week on the street over near Archer Road to the homeless, and they had prepared, and they were ready to give. And this young man, and I won't embarrass him by calling out his name, but he's got a heart for hurting people. And when Suzanne started reading me the text from his mom, what all he went out and bought to give to each homeless person, she said a little gift. And then as Suzanne was reading all the stuff that this young man was putting in these individual gifts, including a blanket, because it was a very cold few days when they were going out. I mean, I just had to fight back the tears that welled up inside of me. here's a little young 12, 13, 14, I don't know, can't keep up with kids anymore, but he's tall as I am, and his heart to give, that's a Jesus thing. He didn't get that from watching television or the internet or from school. got that because there was something deeper going on in his heart. There's hurting people out there. Lord, what can we do? What is our mission? Obviously, the first and foremost is to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if I had a prayer this morning that I would pray, it would be something like this. Father God, help us to be like Jesus, to have clarity in our mission as he had in his. Help us to know, Father, what you have called us to do and us to be. Help us to never forget our primary mission of proclaiming God's good news and showing his love. And may our methods and our actions honor and glorify you, Father, so that many will come to Christ in our generation. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, I thank you for the good news of the gospel. I thank you for Jesus, for all that he did in accomplishing what we have freely received. This morning, Father, in this place, or for those that are watching online, if there's one, five, ten, or a dozen that do not know you today, I pray that this day, this moment, that they will hear the knocking on their heart's door and understand that what they feel and what they sense right now in their spirit is how much, Father, you love them and that you gave your son Jesus and that Christmas is all about the Christ, the one who not only came as a babe in a manger but went all the way to the cross and died so that they could know you, so they could be saved so that they could be right with you on this earth and more importantly, so that they could spend all of eternity in your presence. This morning, with every head bowed right now, because I just want you to meditate on what's stirring in your heart. If you're watching online this morning, you can respond, I won't see your hand, but the Lord will know that Jesus loves you. And he's already done everything he can do to bring you to the Father. Now it's up to you. Now it's your choice. So I want to invite you. If today you would give me the privilege of leading you in a prayer to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life, right where you sit. I'd like to ask you just to respond by lifting up your hand and holding it for a moment so that I can see it and respond. Because Jesus loves you. Yes, sir, God bless you, sir, thank you. There are others in this place, young people in this place, children in this place. Today, thank you, I bless you. Today, day of salvation. Be the greatest Christmas ever. The joy of knowing you're clean, healed, delivered, free in Christ Jesus. Today, Christmas Eve, 2023, receive him as Lord of your life. Who else today respond but Jesus today? Amen, amen. I'm gonna invite you all to pray this prayer right where you're seated. With those couple that have responded and those online, maybe even those this week that'll listen to a podcast. Today, your church is not enough, your denomination's not enough, your religion's not enough. The only thing that matters is, do you know Father God? through a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ, because you've invited him to be Lord of your life. You've surrendered your heart. You've confessed your sin. And you say, Jesus, from this day forward, I'm going to follow after you. That's you this morning. You didn't raise your hand. Pray that prayer with us. Let it become life in your heart. So I invite the whole congregation to pray out loud with me this morning. Father God. In the name of your Son, Jesus, I come. I surrender my heart, my soul, my spirit, my all in all. I ask you to forgive me, Father, of my sin, and today I acknowledge that I have been a sinner in need of a Savior, and I acknowledge that I cannot save myself today. I surrender to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I surrender to you. I desire today to walk in the fullness of all that you have for me. This is my declaration. This is my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise and ovation. Thanking Him. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.